previously on Creek Chat. And I don't really um, know how I feel about Granny. Grams. But I hate that bitch. Fucking Judy, the mom. Gail? Cliff and um, Nancy are freaking out. Nellie and Bessie. <laughs> Who? Bessie, her sister. Betsy and Joey. What are you saying Joey's sister's name is? Betsy. No, Bessie. There's no T. Bessie? There's no T. Bessie? 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 I didn't even know what her name was. Is it Frank? Frank Potter? Yeah, I don't remember what his name is. Yeah, I already forgot his name. So Jen and Abby show up at the party together. They're drinking a big old bottle of champagne. I love Abby. I I would say I hate Abby, but I love Abby. I was like, I hope this bitch dies. Maybe for a second, you'd even be sad if I died. I need some fucking... Someone's shoulder to cry on, balls to rub. I'm not comfortable talking to you about this. Take it, take your time. Take it, take your time. You don't have to wait, cause every Monday we are back with a new episode of the show Crew Chat. Here's our host. Welcome to 50 Randy Quaid's Presents Creek Chat. I'm your host, JT, Saturday Night Slut Money, and with me, my special guest... Hey, how's it going, uh, people? It is me, the one and only Chucky B. The B stands for beautifully laid back. And that's what we're trying to be for you on this episode of Creek Chat, is beautifully laid back. Just like Abby's corpse. Ow! 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 That bitch dead! I'm sorry, guests. I generally try not to jump in with immediate massive spoilers at the top of the show. As much as it doesn't matter, because you've seen it or you haven't seen it, you probably don't care. But this time around on Creek Chat, where we talk about Dawson's Creek, I've seen it, Chucky B hasn't. I'm giving you that spoiler. Abby Morgan, God rest her soul. She's dead. Welcome to hell, Abby. This is season two, uh, episode 16 through 18. That happens in episode 18. And can, Chucky B, can I give you a little bit of information behind the scenes? Oh, I love it. I love to get more Dawson's Creek information. You know, I just need to know everything about these kids on the creek. So Abby Morgan's death happened after Monica Kina, the actress, requested her character to be written out of the series because her boyfriend at the time was living... All right, and I got conflicting reports here. He was living in either L.A. or New York, so the opposite side of the country. So this is reliable. Um, and she didn't like the back and forth between wherever he was living and the filming in North Carolina. So she got out. She's like, I can't do this show anymore, which the death of Abby Morgan here, I think, is such a beautiful twist to this show that I'm okay that she wanted to leave. I'll tell you one thing. I did not expect it at all. Even when she got drunk and fell and hit her head and she got up, I was like, oh, man, she must be pretty dizzy right now. Maybe she's got a concussion. I don't know what's going to happen. And I was thinking in my head, I was like, I mean, she could fall in. And then all of a sudden she falls in. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's a pretty far fucking drop. And then she doesn't like recover right away. And Jen's all like freaking the fuck out. And then she's like, ah, fuck this shit. I got to jump in. 
and she jumps in and I'm all like, damn, she's going to save the day. She doesn't. If I had to guess, if I had to guess that was 25, 30 foot fall, no joke. She's hammered. She's wearing a coat. She's not dizzy. She's got a concussion. They were hammered too. They were drinking on that bottle. Oh yeah. And then Jen jumps in after her. And so you're right. You're sitting there thinking she's going to save her. She can get her out of there. What's this going to lead to? Well, no, no, that's not what happens at all. The episode closes on seeing Abby's very blue and purple face in a stretcher and a body bag and they zip it up and Jen's just sitting there bawling. Like, oh, and that's how we end this three pack. Yeah, I, uh, I I got some comments on that. Well, before we get to those, let's jump back to the beginning of this three pack. We've already touched on the end. The beginning is episode sixteen, and it's called "Be Careful What You Wish For." Uh, you had a few thoughts on what were going to happen in this episode. I'd like to bring those up, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, obviously, people have got to be careful when they're rubbing the genie lamp. Jeannie will give you that wish. A long list of twists and twangs in there. I don't remember there being any twists or twangs. There might have been some twangs while the blues were going on, actually. You said maybe there's going to be a Satan thing? Because Grams is, quote, all Catholic out and shit? Hey, man, someone got called Satan. Well, you ended up settling on Dawson's 16th birthday because I fed it to you. But here's what actually happened on Be Careful What You Wish For, and I swear... This is one of my favorite episodes. Before I even read the breakdown, I love this episode. Drunk Dawson is a son of a bitch in the best way possible. I got stuff to say about that. On the night of Dawson's 16th birthday, Dawson and Andy follow her therapist's advice and throw themselves into an unabashed night of recklessness. What does the therapist say? Like, a, a night of, one night of imperfection. Yeah, so she doesn't say go get fucking hammered and do whatever the fuck you want. She just says don't be perfect. So that could mean as little as like, hey, let's go rent a movie and then let's not rewind it and return it. Oh. Which for Dawson, I feel like would be a great sin. Yeah. Well, instead, thanks to Ty, they arrive at a blues bar and unbeknownst to Pacey, Andy and Dawson start drinking. And they don't start, they finish drinking, too, and they get fucking, she says five drinks ago at one point, so that means at least five drinks, and one of those was a double. Yeah, they got hammered. And they're 16 and have never been drunk before. They got hammered. Never been drunk, never even drank. That's why they end up puking their guts out together in the sink and the toilet, respectively, later. Oh, yeah. It was pretty funny. You ever puked in the sink, Chuck? No. It's bad. It's a bad place to puke. Yeah, I'm sure, because it just, like, probably comes right back at you. You got the idea right. Meanwhile, back at the Leary house, Joey is putting together a surprise party for Dawson, and Jack has a few surprises of his own. Like a new hairdo, and making out with Abby. Who we called Satan. Oh, yeah, definitely called her Satan. And she's like, sure, yeah. Well, she denies it, but she knows it. She's all like, I'm gonna go see Satan. And Gail and Mitch come to a decision about how to raise their son in light of their separation. Which all has to do with a car. Yeah, a car that uh, Jen was getting busy with with Ty. And then Ty's all like, I can't do it. I'm not going to have sex with you. And Jen's like, I just wanted to kind of make out. Well, they did the Titanic thing, which happened, what, a year or so before this came out. Steam on the window and her hands on it. And I was like, you motherfucker. Dude, every TV well, show probably did that. Ty is playing a weird 
Yeah, probably. I wonder if Seinfeld did it. They didn't. I'm going to guess they didn't. Yeah, I don't remember them doing that. It doesn't matter. There is a psych connection this episode, though, with the film teacher. She's in an episode of Psych one-off that's paying homage to the show Twin Peaks, which she was a star of. Ah, yes. I did not catch that, but... Mad Shit Amic. Oh, I caught it immediately. I didn't realize... I forgot she was on Dawson's Creek, and now I associate her more with Twin Peaks because that's a fucking amazing show. I wrote her down for a while as Hot Teacher, then found out it was Rachel. Uh, No, it's Nicole... Or Nicole, never mind. I wrote Nicole. No, it's not Nicole Nevermind either. <laughs> Although that's a great name. Oh, I like Nicole Nevermind. Uh, let's hear about what you had to say about psychic friends. Oh, so they're going to go see a psychic. Boom. Fortune teller, psychic, it's all the same shit. Uh, or they're going to call a psychic, which that you already got it, so that doesn't matter. Uh, they're also going to go see a voodoo mama juju from the office, which is I don't think quite what happened. No, but she could have been like a voodoo mama juju. Voodoo grandma juju. A lot of cigarettes, which I respect. She was chain smoking those cigarettes when Joey and Jack first went in there. Oh, it was hilarious. She finished one as they came in, lit up one as they went out. There were at least half a dozen in that ashtray in front of her. She didn't give a fuck. Uh, so She's like, give me my $5, baby. Did Dawson pay her? No, he, he tried, tried to, and then she disappeared. She disappeared. The, the wind chimes blowing in the background that signified real psychic shit was happening. Or, more likely, Dawson's just a narcissist, and he was deep in his own thought, and then was going to pay her, and didn't realize she left. She was actually in touch with the spirit world at that moment. That was a running thread. Yeah, I don't buy it. That? Did you notice that, though? I noticed that every time the wind fucking chimes came on, something would happen. But I'm still just like, dude, I don't trust fucking psychics. Every time, because she, when she started out, it was the weak pencil, like, you know, the old classmate has the pencil thing or whatever. No relevance or whatever. Then the wind chimes came on, and the wind blew, and it, the mood changed. When Andy was in there, the candle went out, you know. And when she said something to them, it resonated with what we know about what's going on in their lives right now. And she even nailed it with the tall, dark, and handsome in Joey's life. It wasn't the guy. It was her dad. Yeah. uh, Those were still super vague predictions or psychic readings. You're missing out on the spirit of what they're trying to do for you here. They're telling you that she does have a connection to the spiritual world. I understand real-life skepticism of what we're talking about here. But in this episode that we're clearly trying to say, like, hey, because what she said about Pacey is true. She nailed it on him. Because it isn't going to take much to bring down what he's built up with Andy right now. Not necessarily that relationship, but what he's done for himself. It ain't going to take a whole lot to push him back over that edge again. You've seen his temper. Just you wait and see. Yeah. Pulling the lover's card for Dawson. That plays right into what you're hoping for is Dawson and Joe getting back together. The psychic was nailing it. I mean, I was, uh, I don't know. Well, let's talk about the breakdown for that one. Dawson's confidence as a filmmaker is shaken with Miss Kennedy, the new film teacher. Which, R.I.P. Rob, uh, Mr. Go- Mr. Gold. Well, I mean, not R.I.P. He didn't die like that, but he just left that guy. I did actually write. Where the fuck is Benji? And then immediately was given the answer. 
oh, he just left. Yeah, unlike some other characters, they tell us what happened. Like, oh, he just left. Okay, well, I don't need any more information than that. I know he's gone now. And they brought in this very attractive woman to replace him because Mitch needs a new fucking girlfriend. Yeah, and apparently is going to give up his dreams to be a teacher. (sighs) Oh, boy. Well, it turns out sabbatical in Cape Side. Which, I'm sorry, you're a movie studio executive on sabbatical in Cape Side being a film teacher in high school? That's not a sabbatical. You just went and became a teacher. And you're trying to write a movie at the same time? Like, what's, what do you... I feel like her whole diatribe on Dawson when she cuts down Creek Times is just a reflection of how she's feeling about Hollywood treating her. And she's just putting that back on a sweet little innocent romantic boy that she sees who can't handle that rejection I, I don't remember if that's true or not but that's how it felt to me I really don't remember she gives his amateur movie a scathing review <laughs> it is a scathing review the future is unsure for Joey as well when a psychic advises her to be open to every new opportunity that crosses her path and she stays true to that man she goes and does a terrible thing which is take photographs with a stranger uh, at least Jack was like, dude, I'm coming with. Oh, I, I, Jack was a hero in that moment. He's like, no, I'm coming with no matter what well, the fuck happens. Because, like, here. I was thinking, I was like, oh, no, she's she's going to get raped. But then I was like, no, this is Dawson's Creek. They're not going to rape Joey. And I was like, well, they almost did once before. So. They didn't really almost once before. They hinted at a tease of a rape Thor. But it didn't come close. Yeah. It was the same as this. It was the same as this. Jack stepping in and saying, I have to go, is clear that the implication to anyone watching the show is, don't go take photographs with a stranger, especially when he's comparing you to Carol Lombard, <laughs> who is... Dude, no, I'm so happy. I'm so happy they dropped the Carol Lombard reference here. Because in the years since I have watched this show, and now, she has become my favorite like classic Hollywood-era actress. So to see a reference to her here on Dawson's Creek just really uh, made me smile as I was watching. I was very, I was very happy about that. Andy also visits the psychic and is told less than positive things about her future. Which, that's very true. The psychic says, like, your shit has sucked so far, but also it's going to get worse now. So have fun. I don't know how it's going to get, like, necessarily worse. So, I'm not going to say anything, but there's something that happened in the last episode specifically that will affect Andy moving forward. Oh, when she kicks out Abby and that she's going to take blame for that because these two fucking kids crash a wedding? No, she's just doing her job. I didn't say anything about that being what it was that happened in that episode. No, but that's exactly what it is because that's what Andy's going to do. And you're sure of it, so I'll confirm for you that's exactly what it is. But you got to understand, we're going to talk about it when we get there, but you got to understand why she does that. So I'm also then predicting that she's going to become real good friends with Jen uh, out of it because I bet Jen feels just as fucking bad. She's going to be known as the girl that was with Abby when she died. Not as the girl who tried to fucking save her because she was also drunk. I'm not going to comment anything on that one. You had some pretty off-the-wall predictions here for A Perfect Wedding. The first one not being off-the-wall, just being Bessie and, and Bodie's wedding. But hold on. here's I, now, I, now I'm about as frustrated with this as you have been. 
so far with the lack of fucking voting. The lack of even a storyline, even even not even just just an offhand comment on, oh, he's some he's at the store. Hold on though, but hold on, we are at the most critical moment of the Ice House's history with Dad out of prison. We show everyone else in the family. Bessie and the baby are there, right? So it's not like we're even pretending the baby doesn't exist. But for some reason, Bodie's not there while they're catering a wedding for the first time in the company's fucking history. And they don't even drop us a note that Bodie even exists. What happened to Bodie? What the fuck happened to Bodie? I'm getting real mad about it right now. It's about as mad as I was during this episode. And there's a lot of things to be mad about. Including the death of Abby. Because I am upset about it. I'm not. I think it was awesome. I, it was awesome. All right. As a fan of a good story, Abby dying here is fantastic. Uh, well, the the best part about it is... It's an RKO. I didn't expect it. Yeah. It was so... Well, I, I did not expect this show to be the type of show to be like, all right, let's just start killing motherfuckers. This ain't Game of Thrones. Gramps is already dead, so there's one death. Someone else already died? Probably. Why not? Now Abby's definitely dead. Two seasons in, two deaths. I mean, it, it's crazy. From the OC, from the OC fan in me, like, okay, so, like, that was a huge thing in the OC, and it was awesome, right? People, people dying? Yeah. Characters dying. It, it definitely played a part in a lot of shit on the OC. Yeah, a lot! I don't think it'll cover nearly as much depth in this show. It'll affect some of the characters a little. So they've shown you now, though, that they aren't afraid to kill off, although it's been two. The first character was set up to die. Yeah. Rips was there to die in the end. Abby, not at all. You would not expect Abby to be bumped off at this point. She's been a pretty important character, and she's explained it herself. She's that person who comes in and just fucks everything up. And I especially didn't expect her to die after all this uh, hype on, oh, just, you know, big things are popping for Abby. And, like, this is a big thing for the character. It's just, like, I interpreted what you said wrong, apparently. I never said, I I would never say, quote, big things were popping (laughs) for Abby. No. I think I said she was an important character, and you need to look out for her. Pay attention. And I'd say that's entirely accurate from introduction to death. Abby was one of the most impactful characters this show has had. Her chaos was fucking necessary for our heroes to get where they got to right now. Without her, who knows where the fuck they would be. And that's not to say what she did was right, but it was necessary. Yeah, I guess I can agree with you on that. In the context of writing a teen drama, not real life. Let's put that caveat on there. Yeah. You don't need to be crazy like that in real life. No, the cruel, hateful shit, especially. Just don't, no need. So let's talk about what actually happened at a perfect wedding. With Joey's father suddenly back in town, Bessie and he decide to expand the ice house to also cater for weddings. Which, not a bad idea if you aren't planning on doing it in like a day. Because somehow they pulled it off, but realistically, there's no way they pulled that off. Not with a bunch of teenagers. (laughs) And half of them disappear. It's just not happening. But I'll give them leeway. That's fine. It's teen drama. Sometimes shit doesn't need to make sense to me financially or logically. Yeah, man. There was a psychic in the last fucking episode. 
That's more fun to me than pretending like they could pull off this business maneuver, though. Like This is more believable to me than the psychic thing. But it's less enjoyable to me than the psychic thing. I don't know. I feel like there's a good amount of hijinks. I love this. I'm not saying this episode is bad, but if you're going to ask me to pick which one I liked more, I definitely like Psychic Friends more. No, dude. The death of Abby. When it comes to be careful what you wish for, which is maybe one of the best episodes of this entire show so far. But hold on a second. Joe doesn't think her father, recently out of jail, should be seen so publicly in Cape Side. Jack and Dawson battle to help a scared bride. Battle's pretty accurate. Well, Andy and Pacey scramble to fix the cake. Then Andy fucked up because she was freaking out. Dawson and Joey reconnect romantically. They kiss in the end. Jen and Abby sneak into the wedding. But when Andy kicks them out, they head to the vocal doctor. To die, motherfucker, die, motherfucker, die. So as you can see by the breakdown itself, making sure to point out that Andy kicked them out. It's going to get to Andy. Duh. So be careful what you wish for is such a beautiful episode. Okay, can I just say this off the top? Please, please. All three of these episodes in the bedroom. Uh, 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 uh. I got to be like, okay, I've, I've missed on some of those, right? But through this episode, I've hit on the majority of them. So have we morphed the prediction into they're going to start in the bedroom? Is it- I feel like through this season, for sure. Through the season. No, no, through the season. That's what I meant. There's been one episode that didn't, and that was the episode after the fake out. So the mystery episode. Yeah. That's the only one that didn't. Everyone else, I think, has started in this room. This one with a mix-up, Pacey, then Joey, then Gail. So a different person each time. I like it. So this time... We got Dawson and Pacey talking about it. So Pacey's a good friend because he walks in a couple minutes before midnight and is like, hey, Dawson, it's your birthday. And all Dawson can do is complain. He says something here that I don't particularly understand and I'd like to discuss for a moment. Look into this. He wants to look into this whole gay man, straight woman thing. There's got to be something going on there. I didn't get it. I just didn't understand what he was saying like what is what does he mean by that what is going on there i don't know i would say there's a friendship happening which there is they're really good well yeah they spend a lot of time together they work together they dated they even choose after they stop dating now that he's out they spend a lot of their free time together too just looking well, at the fair because they have a lot in common that she doesn't necessarily have in common with the man she actually actually loves no, it's, it's what she was looking for. It's like she explains to Dawson later on in there. She needed to find out if she could be whole by herself. So she's going to go find someone that she can just basically look at and be like, that dude's got a lot of me in him, so I don't need to rely on him to feel like I'm whole. We can just be friends, and I can still find out if I'm whole myself. Even when she was dating him, she was saying, like, I didn't rely on him as a crutch. And now they can just straight up with the romance out of there just be really good friends, which is what happens here. It's good to see Joey have another friend that isn't Dawson. Well, yeah, because, like, Jack is the only person she hasn't been a dick to. Well, no, because Pacey's really nice. Like, her and Pacey still have a, a 
a slight dynamic. I don't know what episode it is where he's asking her, he's like, how are you doing with this thing? Like after her dad gets back. Yeah. He's checking in on her. But they don't spend a lot of time together because they've got their own shit going on. But I would, I guess I'd still, are they friends? I would say they're friends now, but it, it was weird. So what's also weird is the way they bring Mitch and Gail right back into the mix here with Mitch just showing up on the morning of Dawson's birthday and just making breakfast for everyone. I'm like, oh, like, that's a weird thing to just like, I get why you did it, but it was weird to not like call ahead and be like, is it cool if I do this? Yeah, I thought it was a little weird. I didn't necessarily understand. I mean, like, I understood why he did it because of tradition and everything like that. And but it doesn't make a ton of sense. For me, this whole three-pack is a whole bunch of Mitch I don't like, which is the first time that's really happened as an overall feeling towards him. I think everything he's doing is kind of shitty. Film teacher. That's perfectly acceptable. But he really doesn't need to flaunt it at a wedding like that that he knows Gail's going to be at. That is, I think, personally, a social faux pas to bring a very, very new girlfriend, couple of weeks, maybe, girlfriend, to a wedding that your ex-wife is going to be at. Very, very new ex-wife. That's shitty of him to do. Yeah, I didn't understand that. I also don't necessarily understand dating one of your son's teachers. Oh, no. Oh, that's a bad... Yeah, I didn't even get into how bad that is. I figure that's worse, to be honest, than what he did. Because, like, what he did was just, like... I feel like it was a jab. I think it's just shitty and petty of him to do that. He has shown that he is petty. I guess you're right. This just felt like the pettiest, maybe, of all. And it just felt to me, and this is where, again, I guess I've always got sympathy for Gail. We've argued about this before. But it's this moment right here that definitely makes me look and go, she has apologized. She has felt her guilt. She still feels her guilt. There's nothing more she can do to make up for that. So he can just let it go if he's done with her. He doesn't need to jab anymore. The fight's over. The bell's been rung. Yeah, I agree with that. My, um, I feel like he doesn't know what the fuck to do. And my biggest problem with Mitch this episode and with this season is they, they pointed out something that I like thought and I knew, but I didn't necessarily need them to point it out when like Dawson's like, yeah, I get my like. It's clear where I get my dreaming and, like, my emotional uh, reactions to things, where I get that from. I didn't when he was talking to Mitch. I think we've even brought that up on the show before, that it seems like that's how Dawson became who he was. And then they, like, they put the brakes on that for season two on Dawson, but they didn't necessarily, they, like, almost amped it up for Mitch in season two. Especially when they showed in the fishing episode where him and Dawson have the discussion and he's like, I gotta chase my dream. Like, they pushed it there. Yeah. And now he's just giving up on his dream. Because he's like, all right, I need to make some fucking money. I. But that's real. It is real. But for a show that wants to fucking have psychics be real, I think they could, like, explain away his finances. But making him a substitute teacher who's dating his son's new film teacher who doesn't like his movie is way too juicy to pass up on, so why wouldn't you just make him a substitute teacher anyway? And he doesn't need to be done with his dream, but he's done with it for now. Yeah, I mean, like, he couldn't have gone to the neighboring town to 
to be a substitute teacher? One that his son isn't at? No, because he doesn't have a connection there that can get him in. Like, I'm guessing he does at Cape Side High, which is probably where he graduated from, too. Probably. I don't know. Like, this... I, don't, I honestly don't know either, but realistically, I bet you Mitch and Gail went to Cape Side. Wouldn't shock me. My parents both graduated from our high school, so, like, it happens. It definitely does. What also happens here is Andy... You're the real-life Dawson. Shut the... I'm nothing like Dawson. I've, I've never made a bad film in my life. Uh, Andy starts talking to her. At least we see Andy talking to a therapist here. I'm like, okay, good. Oh, I wrote that sure down. Going there, but then the therapist... Well, it's, it's how they use the therapist to give Andy permission. Like, the first time we see a therapist is a therapist saying, Andy, go be imperfect. And then Andy decides to go, then I'm going to get hammered on rum by being smooth as hell, working that waitress, and getting hammered oh yeah it was good and then like when the waitress is all like all right i need to see some id and andy's all like should have done that shit five fucking drinks ago because i'm 16 motherfucker and you could lose your job he's like we're 16 lady like she just really cut it out on stage that had sung the blues and realistically andy and dawson killed it oh yeah they did a really good job specifically making the rhymes happen making the flow happen for white teenage kids they nailed the blues and it's because they were drunk as fuck (laughs) and yeah Dawson reveals goes he knows about the secret party that's being thrown for him to the night drops that bomb pacey who's been looking embarrassed the whole time up to that point just kind of laughs and shakes his head like god damn it yeah, it was a really weird dynamic. And then, like, Dawson was all fucking pissed off the whole time. Because, like, earlier in the episode, he had, like, told Joey, he's like, I told myself I want you back and I'm going to get you back. Like, why did you, like... And then, like, he's dancing around certain things and she's just like, no, Dawson, I told you, I told you. And then at the end of the episode, when he's all drunk, he's able to talk to her about... Like, uh, you know, like, why did you break up with me? And then just immediately start dating Jack. And, you know, like, she's able to answer truthfully because he's fucking shit-face wasted. and not going to remember anything. And then, like, he passes out saying, I love you. By the time she was talking to him, he wasn't wasted anymore because he'd already puked it all out. Like, he'll remember that moment. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. He was on the edge of falling asleep. He might... Yeah, but that doesn't mean you're going to forget a conversation. I don't know. It doesn't matter. He was definitely asleep by the time she said, I love you. But they said, I love you to each other before this anyway. So, whatever. He's definitely not going to remember when he lost his shit in the kitchen earlier. Like, specifically what he said, at least. He knows that he did it, but... This is hard to watch. And I immediately put it, like, almost on par with the... uh, uh, Scott's Tots episode of The Office. No, yeah, it was super awkward, especially the Joey, where are you? Joey, Joey, where did you go hide and seek thing that he does? That's real weird. Or like when he's like, Jack, is he in? Is he out? Is he in? Is he out? Is he in? Is he out? Because they had both walked in on Jack making out with Abby earlier. Or oh, and then calling out his parents is the first thing. Hold on. Let's go back to Abby real quick. 
this is probably the last episode really talking about her, so let's focus on Abby. I think this is the third time in the show's history that Abby Morgan ended up in Dawson Leary's room. And if you would have asked Dawson Leary just one calendar year ago from the date of his 16th birthday, if Abby Morgan would have ever been in his room, he would have been like, what? Not a chance. And one of those times, Abby was watching porn in his room. And this time she was making out with a gay dude. The other time she was trying to seduce Dawson. So she made it worth her while while she was in there. She was trying to get down every time. R.I.P. Abigail Morgan. With this whole thing, with Jack making out with Abby, I guess we should explain that. Like, she had been kind of fucking with him the whole episode. Like, trying to get him to reveal that he wasn't gay by saying that being gay is bullshit because everyone is bi. And gay and straight are just labels to push that fact down and away and you know, repress everyone's bisexual urges. And Jack's kind of like, the way he explains it later to Joey is that kind of talk just made him feel accepted. It made him feel normal. And that's what he was looking for. He got deceived by Satan, as he said earlier in the episode. And, but like he also said at the end there, like, and he was walking out after the shit they got discovered. Like someone was like, oh, he's not gay anymore. And he's like, oh, I'm more gay than ever. Yeah, he's like, he's like, no. If anything, that just totally cemented that uh, I'm, d- I'm totally gay. Well, and, and, uh, moving into the next episode, well, hold on. Before we move to the next episode, we got to talk about the best friend's control over weather again, because it's been the rain up to this point. But and I don't remember the context. Snow. We were talking earlier. They were talking earlier in the episode. Something about like Dawson's like I wouldn't expect snow. When he said that, I must have missed. Were they supposed to expect snow? I don't know, man. But then, it, yeah, it started snowing later when they had their little tender moment with passed out Dawson. Just wrapping this into Raythor in that one episode, actually, where he was talking to her while she was hammering. Yeah, yeah. Little, little, little mirror imagery. But anyway, they control the rain and the snow now, so that's good. They've got precipitation on lockdown. They were probably controlling that hurricane. Oh, shit, because everything was so wild. That... Oh, man, you think about it. This is way bigger than so supernatural activity, like, you know, poltergeist and shit. You've heard about it on various other podcasts. They're triggered by, like, puberty and pubescent energy and shit like that. Maybe instead of poltergeist activity, the kids on Dawson's Creek are bringing in, or at least the best friends, nature control. Some crazy shit. This is really deep down, very supernatural, kind of spooky-ass, spectacular show. I guess if you change, like, the 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 music, then... No, I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. I want to know right now, what will it be? God damn it. So the next one opens up on... So you made a prediction that I didn't talk about earlier for the third episode. That was, oh shit, maybe Dawson's been dreaming for the last three episodes. And I was like, oh, that's stupid as fuck, right? Because, I mean, it really was ridiculous. But this one opens with a false dream fake-out sort of thing. Uh, So hold up one second. Outside of me being pretty much entirely correct for, like, 15 seconds, in episode 16, the Be Careful What You Wish For, we didn't mention that that was probably the last episode we also see ty the jesus guy because him and jen broke up and jen was like uh i'm not gonna give someone another chance who makes me feel 
like fucking horseshit. Well, they show like she said she was looking for something pure and that he like perverted that because he was making it all about sex. She was just kind of moving to the rhythm he was moving to, and he kept freaking out that it was going to go too far because of her reputation or whatever the fuck. He was freaking out in his Jesus mind. And you're right. This probably is, and I don't remember, so I, this is not me confirming. This probably is the last time we see Ty, and I'm glad because fuck Ty. Well, because in the episode where Grams is trying to get hot with the lamp guy, she's all like, oh, why don't you try to hook up with Ty the Jesus guy again? And Jen's all like, man, fuck that guy. He made me feel like a two-cent whore, and I ain't going to do it. She's like, I've got a little bit of self-respect now, a little bit. And then she spends the entire episode gussying Grams up and getting her to go out with a dude who ends up being married, which... To Jen's credit, she didn't know. about what I just summed up real quick. I think it's good... I think it's good that Jen was pushing Grams to get out there and be social, right? Because as Grams realizes by the end, she needs to be open to new experiences and new people and new things. Otherwise, she's going to end up a lonely-ass old woman once everyone's grown and gone. Well, she got a makeover, and she's all like, oh, shit, I'm still, like, Grams. Bro, bro, I'll take Grams out on a date yesterday. I don't care. I'll take red, redhead Grams. It's a little too red for me. I'll take gray hair, Grams. But they got her all gussied up. They got her out with Whit Hubley. Whit Hubley. How's that for a fucking name? Let me give you another name that blew my goddamn mind. And that's gay photographer Colin Manchester. What kind of fake-ass bullshit name is that? All right. Oh, this photographer... Uh, photographer... This photographer is totally going to be gay. And then, like... Then I wrote, damn, Grams... What? You're not recording? From this point forward, there's a significant change in the quality of my audio. I'd like to point out we did realize a slight technical difficulty at that point in recording, uh, but we're going to jump right back in now and we should be crystal clear and chill and beautiful. Just like we were trying to be. Yeah. So what I want to start by pointing out is something that you had pointed out in some of the earlier episodes... I think I had noticed in one previous episode, but didn't say anything. I don't think you did either. But it comes up in the next two episodes. And that is... Do you know what it is, Chuck? Did you notice? A recurring theme you had once noticed? Boredom. You know that's right. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't because... say anything. I didn't write on my paper. I thought of it after I heard, uh, what, Joey say something about it in this episode. And yep. I was like, all right. It hasn't been for a while. I'm not going to fucking uh, jump on someone's case and be like, oh, got to bring up the being fucking bored again, huh? But then when they brought it up continuously in episode 18, I fucking was like, no, I'm writing this shit down and I'm fucking bringing it up. Boredom is the entire reason that Jen decides to approach Abby again so that they can hang out, which then indirectly not blaming it on jen leads to abby's death so boredom plays a part in a fatality here on dawson's creek that's how bad the boredom gets yeah it was like finisher and then boredom destroyed her (laughs) 
I mean, Emmy went down quick too, though. Like seriously, not to jump ahead to the end again already, but good God, man, they killed her off quick and fast. Yeah, they're like, oh, you want to be gone? All right, damn, you did. And we're not even like you move. So if something happens three years down the line and we're still filming and doing good, you can come back. It's like, nope, you dead. What about Abby's ghost? There's no ghosts. Well, you don't know that, but so far there have been no ghosts. No, there's uh psychics, but no ghosts. Uh, but there is a serial killer. Yes, yes, definitely a serial killer. Let's let's not forget about him. Oh, um, well, he got arrested. I want to put well, sure, but he could have gotten out. Ted Bundy did a couple of times. Yeah, I don't think this guy's getting out. You don't know the Lonely Hearts killer and what he's capable of. Oh, I what know. Was his name Kevin? I know what Kevin's capable of. Fucking spilling <laughs> the soup. So what kind of fair was this exactly? Because there was like a whole art part of it. It was a photography part of it. It was like and a town was like fair. A si- and then there was like a silent film exhibition that I don't completely understand why there would have been a big draw for that at a fair. It was just like, hey, citizens of Creekside, why don't you fucking set up a booth and then go walk around and watch other people's booths and check out what people are into alright so that's not the part I have a problem with but I'm going to pull a Chucky B here it's going to be like the broken window in the scare to keep bringing that shit back up I can't get over the silent films I can't get over the silent films it makes no sense to me you saw how gigantic that theater was that they were putting that on in that was a big old dark old theater that him and, and Nicole Kennedy were sitting in. And it was all for these, she had tons of silent films. Just reels and reels of silent films that, I'm sorry, no one would let her take to fucking Cape Side, Massachusetts in the first place. Buster Keaton and shit like that? Nuh-uh. She's not going there for some weekend. Who the fuck showed up at this goddamn film festival? Nobody. When I saw the private, that's what I'm saying. Maybe Whit Hubley did. Hubley. The old man went with the rose. Maybe he, maybe he wanted to take Grams to the silent films like when they were kids. Nah, man, he had know. to go home because wifey wasn't feeling good. He's all like, hey, man, I can't go see you, Graham. Oh, Grams, like, you're all dialed up. This is, nah, I'm married. I mean, like, I can't be doing that, Grams. All right, before we get to we'll jump back into Dawson and how he got eviscerated by his teacher, I will just kind of, we'll just wrap up Wit real quick because he's not that important. I don't have a problem with him being married and wanting to go out for dinner with Evelyn. Apparently they went to high school together. They haven't seen each other in years, but that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me either. Cause where Drink the fuck is Whit been? Years. How did she think that he was dead? He obviously still lives in the area and he's been like, I thought you thing, died. Like, that makes no fucking sense to me. Where has he been? I thought been, you been died. With his wife? I thought you died, lab boy. <laughs> he was creepy. Jen said he was sexy. Jen said he was sexy. That's Jen weird. Thinks- Everyone is sexy. All she does this episode, and it freaks Grandma, all she does is talk about sex. Trojans in, in Wit's wallet. Uh, just constantly, Graham's getting laid, and I'm like, Jen, would you stop it? Graham's is like a 76-year-old woman. Graham's is just... like, I haven't had sex in 15 years. Oh, I bet it's been longer than that. How long was Graham's in a coma for? We never found out. It could have been 30 years. I hope it wasn't. It well, I'm sure it wasn't. I hope it was like um, four weeks before Jen got there. But all of this is to say the only thing that really bugs me about that is that it was weird that Wit showed back up with a rose. 
to persist asking for dinner because that is a very clearly socially known romantic gesture. Correct. And that's what made it weird. That's what made it weird. Had he not brought a rose into it and we find out later that he has a wife, that's fine. It sounds like she can't go out. Maybe she's sick or something. He's just going out to have dinner with an old acquaintance that thought he was dead. (laughs) I thought you died with the lamp boy. (laughs) I see you selling lamps. But that's enough. That's enough about wit, I think. What I do I want to like talk to about... I buy a new lamp and put it in my lamp room. Is there a genie in this lamp? No, there's light. From Jesus. No, He's here's what I really, save really... us all. Here's save what you I really, too, really, really... Save you too. Thought you were dead. <laughs> Maybe Wit was dead and he's back like Jesus. Maybe it was just like, it was a prelude to Abby actually dying. And then someone will be like, oh man, I thought Abby moved. No, she died. What I really want to talk about, and I'm sorry, and it's really unfortunate because we've been liking Dawson recently. Uh, Not to speak for you, but I know that you have been as much as I have. They've made it much more tolerable. But I still feel like... First season, Dawson didn't get enough of a slap in the face. Yeah, it sucks that Joey dumped him, but he needed a little bit of humbling in the movie department. And Miss Kennedy slaps him directly in the face and the penis simultaneously, and he is devastated. Uh, He is, but he recovers quite well because in the opening sequence of A Perfect Wedding... Once again in the bedroom. Uh, him and Gail are watching it. And Gail's kind of like. Ah. And Dawson's like. Yeah. I mean. It needs something. Well she ends up saying like it's good. It's moving. It's this. It's whatever. Like she's not it's bad. But he's like maybe I can re-edit it. So you're right. He does kind of jump back up on that horse. But as far as this episode goes. And maybe it's because it's in combination of him having seen earlier that his dad was getting cozy with Miss Kennedy. It's a double sting. Yeah, but it's not like it's a normal thing for students to just be fucking their teachers. Like, even though his, like, best friend or one of his best friends... Wait, who's talking about who's talking about students fucking a teacher? I'm talking about a substitute teacher fucking a sabbatical teacher. I'm just saying, dude. I don't think Dawson... I don't think Dawson's gonna fuck... I mean, there was a point that... It, where she was talking about how she could see he's a romantic when he said his movie was a romance, where there was that vibe was in the weird. air. Be- because it's Dawson's Creek, there was that vibe in the air of, oh shit, like, is they she doing a weird romance thing with try him? to have Dawson fuck her. No, but they went another way with it. No, yeah, they went another way with it and they put Mitch in the midst, which we've already said, I think is a fucking shitty ass thing for him to do. But Mitch is all anyway. like, dude, I'm cut as fuck. Look at me. Like, I haven't had a job for years, so I've just been in the gym working out. Fucking. And then, like, that teacher, Nicole, she's all like, oh, Mitch, as long as you don't make terrible movies, we can be together. Well, you know who else can be together? It's the threesome we brought up earlier of Joey, Jack, and Colin Manchester. Because those three do go to Colin's weird, open, plan studio art 
studio where he's shooting these photographs. Joey's super uncomfortable at first, but then she kind of like relaxes into it because Jack has become the camera assistant boy and he's clearly getting into it too. And it came, became, I don't know if it became clear to you, but it became, and I, was, I knew it already, but like the implication of the photographer being gay was very much implied in this scene. I kind of thought he was going to be gay immediately. Okay. It didn't really cross my mind again until that scene, and then I was reminded, like, oh, shit, that's right. That's how this goes. At first, I was like, oh, this is the tall, dark, and handsome guy, whatever. And Right. And then, like, she doesn't say really anything to him. And then she goes up to him, and he's like, yeah, let's go look at some stuff, or let's go get some hot chocolate. And she's like, yeah, Yes, it's it's hot chocolate. So they're, like, walking around. And then, like, when they started talking, when they sat down, I was like, oh, this guy's totally going to be gay. Now, what made you say that? Just how he reacts. And I was like, I was like, there's one of two things. He's either gay or a serial killer. Or, like, a serial rapist. Here's the thing. At this point in the show, we've had both a gay character and a serial killer. So both are possible. Well, and that's what I was saying. I was, like, in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> all right, I feel like this show is probably going to lean more towards he's just going to be gay. And, like, Joey's keep she keeps trying to, like, get somebody to kiss her. That's all she wants is a kiss, man. She ain't worried about nothing but a kiss right now. She's horny as hell to be blunt about it <laughs> like that's what it is yeah jack awakened the beast and she's like fuck and yeah, i get this weird freshman in college to kiss me while i'm a sophomore in high school because that's not weird at all yeah i mean it is weird i know it's weird i was talking as joey <laughs> this show loves doing that and it's fucking creepy this time it was a bait and switch but then they switched it over to the gay freshman in college hitting on the gay 16-year-old sophomore. Like, what's the difference there? At least 18 to 16. That might still be legal. I don't know what North Carolina's laws are. Or no, Massachusetts laws are. Yeah, I don't know how things are going over there. I don't think we need to go too much further so down how far away are they path. from Boston? I don't know. Because they Probably talk about going far. to New York a lot. And Providence. They go to Providence, Rhode Island a lot more. Like, they always just talk about going to New York, but like I feel like they gotta be close to Boston, then, right? Why don't they ever talk about going to Boston? I don't know Massachusetts geography, so I can't answer any of these questions for you right now. And I'm sorry, just like when I didn't know that actress's name, I failed you as a host. That I don't know Massachusetts geography, well, but I will let you know. I will let you know. I looked up that actress, that actress afterwards, and if you know her from anything she's been in, I'd love to know why you were watching any of it because <laughs> none of it stood out to me. None of it made any sense to me that you would know her from any of it. Uh, she's probably just one of those people that looks like a different actress. Uh, probably. But I think that Massachusetts is one of those states that just looks like another state. So, you know what really pissed me off? You know what really pissed me off? Just like the title of Creek Times being pretty goddamn weak. Although, to put this in perspective, Dawson has been making this as a 15-year-old. 
Yes. And I wrote down at the beginning of the next episode, like, I'm giving Dawson shit, but I gotta keep in perspective just as he does. This motherfucker's doing this as a 15-year-old. I barely knew how to do shit as a 15-year-old. And he's out here making his second movie. So I can blast on Creek Time as being a bad name. And also, to be fair, I can blast on it because it was a writer's room of middle-aged men and women who actually came up with that terrible shit. But what I can't forgive, no matter what, is he changed Cape Side to Creek Side. In the movie, I like it. Oh, uh, maybe barely... that's why I keep calling the sh- like the actual town Creekside. Maybe it is. Are you gonna start calling Dawson Wade? No. Well, I think Creekside is a more uh, acceptable switch than to call Dawson Wade. Wade contains the first three letters of Dawson in a different order. They went with Sammy. They they went with Sammy because just like Josephine. Sam. Joey, Samantha, Sammy, Sam. It's all the same. Like, what, did they give P- Pacey's character name? I didn't even see a Pacey character. I'm oh, sure shit, you're right. Was if one. I didn't have one, maybe. Did they give the Jen character a name? Yeah, and I knew it at one point. I forget. Kim. Kim. Kim, yeah. Yes. All right. Well, enough about that shitty-ass Creekside, Creek Time movie. I'm done with it just like Miss Kennedy's done with it. You want to know why? Because I already watched it. Oh, hey, um... I didn't look it up, but maybe you can look this up next time and give me an answer out of context, because I won't probably remember asking this. Maybe I already know the answer. Maybe. Um, But at one point, I think Joey says in Psychic Friends, uh, gay is a $3 bill. What? I don't know what that means. Um, That is... That is actually a more commonly used terms. Queer is a $3 bill. That's because the $3 bill doesn't exist. So it's weird. Like, queer is in, like, the old-timey meaning of queer being something odd. And then I think it morphed into being more of, like, oh, this is actually me just because when queer became a more of a slur term. Although it's been embraced. Not, it's very sticky water I'm wading into right here. But that is a common term. Another one, just like keep it on the QT that you have not heard before. But does exist. So apparently Dawson's Creek is throwing out phrases that I do not have never heard because it's written by middle-aged people in 1998 so that you know i guess it makes sense i've heard of them maybe there's shit i haven't heard that i'm maybe when dawson talks about the gay man straight woman thing earlier it's just a reference i don't get still doesn't make sense even if i don't get it also in uh that episode psychic friends we've been liking dawson like you said throughout this season but this is a big opportunity to hate him because why did you have to wreck that little town? Dude, I said the same thing. You should have at least checked with Jack to see if maybe he wanted it back. That probably took a long time. Yeah, I know, dude. Fuck you, Dawson. That was a real dick fucking move. <laughs> and, but to be real, if that's like one of the worst things he's done this season, that's pretty good for him. Because I swear to God, we call him a bitch three dozen times in the first season oh yeah it was like i don't think we've called three them, times every episode i don't think we've called him a bitch once this season no i think we've actually said that so good for multiple him. times he's been relatable yeah yeah even here when he goes up to the the psychic at the end and he does ask for that reading she's like i'm close he's like oh of course you're closed yeah and i'm like that'd be my reaction at this point in the day too dude like yeah <laughs> I can't even get something I don't believe in to give me a $5 rating. Oh, uh, and then the funny thing is, is uh, uh, Mr. Potter ends up at the house and they close on that for the most part. And 
I wrote down. Oh, daddy. She says daddy, yeah. which I fucking hate. Yeah, oh, I, I hate like it so much. Not unless you're like five. Sure. No, that's I'm okay with that. I might even give you up until 10. Yeah, I mean, you're a child, so who cares? But after that. I mean, okay. I guess she's a child, too, but it's like, it's different. <laughs> you know you're a I child, mean. so who cares? Oh, I know exactly what you mean. I normally will write down like a couple of bullet points after an episode. I did for the first episode. And then I wrote down one bullet point for this episode. And I'm wrong because it ends with a big blockbuster. But I wrote down, I feel like nothing happened in this episode. I think the idea was to slowly reintroduce Mr. Potter back into the mix in a way that showed us as an audience that he wasn't necessarily the drug dealer who should never be allowed back in Capeside that the women at the Ice House thought that he was. But he, he had been reformed. He was back to help his family, to help this business. Like I think it was to kind of help us view him in a more sympathetic light than maybe we'd been led to at this point. And you're right, though, because it feels like a whole lot of nothing happens. Andy and Pacey just keep kind of arguing about stupid shit like they've been doing for a while here, which is understandable, but at some point just kind of fucking annoying. And this is the one where it kind of annoying. It's like, you just fucked up this cake topper. You fucked up this fucking, like... No, in this episode, I actually like it. In the last episode, I was just kind of like, ah, what's going on? Like, nothing. Like, it's just kind of yeah, like... Yeah, the psychic uh, argument was weird. It was just kind of like a passing the time episode. Well, this one was like her saying that she didn't fucking like weddings. And I called immediately, I wrote down, that's bullshit. Because she was the one who was loving high school dances and convinced them all to go to one earlier. You don't love high school dances if you don't also love weddings. Oh, yeah. It was a bullshit premise that was revealed by the end of the well, episode. Well, yeah, anyway. Pacey immediately like, called her on it. He knew it. Oh, he knew it for sure. That's why he was willing to put his money on it. Well, for 60 bucks, he'll cater your ass. You know, that's right. I can't believe he said that to Jack. Like, okay, so now you know Jack is gay. You can start making jokes about catering his ass. Because I feel like he wouldn't have said that three episodes ago. So I have a a personal stance on the people fucking bad-mouthing Harry Potter. Yes. What is the point of letting anyone out of prison if you're not going to actually give them a chance if like and i'm not saying let everybody out of prison but like the people who deserve to be let out of prison who and who get out of prison they have to be given some sort of a, a chance or, or an opportunity to succeed or what is the fucking point we're just setting them up for failure i agree with you in real life 100 percent. what is the point if you don't let them come back out and after they've quote unquote paid their debt to society let them come out and be a part of society again you're right that is a big problem but in this fictional world well i also understand it i understand that that's just how fucking cape side is dude you know Capeside by now. Yeah, everybody's racist, everybody has real judgmental, and then everybody just goes, ah, fuck it, we'll go to church and fucking say, hey, we love this God guy, he's gonna forgive us for all our sins, you know what I'm saying? Was it three episodes we saw a hard F spray painted on the locker? Like, the tolerance level in this town is real, real low. They don't have a whole lot. And no one gives a fuck. 
Because the teachers, the principals, they don't care. They're all in on it. And that's the whole premise of this episode, basically, is Joey doesn't want to do this public thing because all the blue bloods of Capeside are going to be there and be judging them again. By the end, she learns to flip on that, and she's like, Dad, people are going to talk. Fuck them. Come out and show your face. Because he hasn't been doing that. He has been staying in the back. And he's like, nah, actually, I think you were right. But they, Bad idea for me to reintroduce myself. They didn't really fuck anything else. I mean, they did fuck up that cake, but at the same time... They um, quote-unquote fixed it. Bullshit. There's no way, but they did. Yeah. They, you know, TV <laughs> magicked it, and... Sorry, I almost, pulled, I almost pulled another broken window there and got hung up on the cake top, where I need to let it go. I, I think the obvious thing would have been, all right, uh, who's got a license? Or tell Bessie... Betsy right away and be like or Frank or uh, Harry or Mike or whatever the fuck Mr. Potter's name is. It um, would have been nice to tell Bodie. You could have told or, Bodie if he were fucking there. Or fucking Bodie who apparently is you know probably still in the kitchen at the fucking ice house. Hold on he's at culinary school. He's finishing up his degree. He's in Boston. Uh, I mean they never told us. Bodie's and they it's could Bodie's tell us. world. It's Bodie's world. <laughs> Bodie's world. Bodie's world takes place in Boston. Come on down to Bodie's world. It's the show that's a spin-off of a spin-off. Uh but no there's no Bodie so let's not talk about him anymore. Your garbage, Bodie. <laughs> so how we end up with Abby and Jen back together is, like we said earlier, Jen comes up to her and is like, I'm bored as fuck. And the best times I had in the last year when I think about it were with you, Abby. Because I love getting drunk with you. Alternate universe Abby that you created, the lesbian Abby, is in her heart rejoicing. This universe Abby, straight Abby, pretends to be bisexual Abby, is rejoicing but for a different reason. And later she's dead for a different reason. So uh, technically, I could be right. Like, not that she About was what? gay, but that she, I mean, she could have been going down that road with the feelings for Jen. We'll never know because she fucking flatlined. But it's unfair. It is unfair of me to assume that the speech that she gives to Jack about thinking that everyone is bisexual, or at least maybe that she is bisexual, is bullshit. But we know Abby, and it was 100% bullshit to fuck Pretty much Jack. everything she says is always bullshit. Like, the only real thing she ever said, I think, was that uh, she couldn't tell her mom that, like, to come pick her up then, and she just waited. Mm-hmm. No, the only real thing she ever said, well, that might have been real, too, is some of the last things she says when she's with Jen on the dock. After they've had a bunch of champagne and they got kicked out of the wedding by Andy, and she says, I don't think I'll ever be happy. Wherever I'm at, I want to be somewhere else. Whatever I've got, I'll want something else. I'll never be happy. I think that's the realest thing she ever said. And that's why she was the person she was. Because causing shit at least gave her something to feel. So basically what you're trying to say is if she didn't die there on that bridge falling in after taking a little stumble, um, she would have had a drug overdose within the next five years. I don't think she... 
I don't think she was necessarily a suicidal person, but she struck me as the kind of person who just would have eventually not cared what she was doing. No, she would have definitely become a heavy drug addict. Well, it's the same direction Jen is still currently heading in and has been heading in for fucking three or four years at this point. Because Jen, how quickly she slipped right back into getting hammered. She tried to be more responsible. She's the one who dragged Abby out of that wedding, was like, we'll come back later when everyone's more toasted and less judgy. But she knew that they were causing a scene. So she didn't go full Abby. But how close and how quick is it for her to turn back into New York Jen? Especially after her... Honestly, you still gotta consider her a good friend. Just fucking died in front of her. Yeah. She's gonna be she's gonna be in a rough place right now. Just as much as Andy is, who you brought them both up earlier in regards to this death. Why is there no one talking to Jen, consoling Jen, questioning Jen, trying to figure out what's happening right after the ambulance leaves? There's no police. There's nobody there to make sure she gets home safe. There's not they just leave her fucking crying by herself. A for the dramatic shot but b they may have already talked to her they may be in between talking to her they may have, i mean I, I i don't i don't really know but it's not like she was just walking home down the road by herself right afterwards she was still standing there at the scene but right she should have been they clearly had attended to her she had the blanket on and was sitting there crying and shivering yeah, yeah I no, feel that, like was, that was bad they didn't that was bad. do enough that was bad they could have had a wider shot and shown more fucking like how hard is it to hire a couple of fucking extras to stand there next to her dressed like fucking cops fucking consoling her what i want to know though is why was no one inviting jen to work at this wedding to be involved at this wedding why was she left out of the loop in the situation i don't think the best friends with a side of pacey are doing that shit intentionally obviously it's not a malicious uh, omission but it still kind of feels like she got overlooked in the whole mix of well, things one i doubt joey would ask her two that means no, jack what about has jack? to ask her no that means jack yeah, has to jack ask asked dawson and i don't think jack's gonna go out of his way to ask her so he probably just didn't interact with they her go to high school together they go to fucking high school together. That doesn't mean that they have the same lunch hour. All I'm saying is it did feel like a little shitty that she got completely overlooked for this big old thing. Yeah, I don't no. think she reacted appropriately. I don't think she reacted appropriately at all. Running to Abby because you got sick of hanging out with Christian Ty is not the right call. Obviously. Because somebody's dead. So even fucking uh, Harry Potter points out at one point that... He thought at this point Dawson and Joey would be dating. And then I think someone... Real early on in the episode, he was like, oh, I thought you two would be an item right now. And yeah, I was just kind of like, uh, I was like, man, dude, they got to be going hard at this, like coming back soon. And then at the end, they're dancing. They say I love you again to each other. And then finally do kiss again. So like, I got to assume... They're getting back together. Well, let's have a discussion about what else you assume. Um, we're going to start out, unless you had anything more to say about that episode. No, no, that's pretty good. I mean, we wrapped it up uh, pretty well. well uh, just in case you're, for some reason, tuning in at the end of this podcast, Abby is fucking dead. Oh, yeah, if you missed it, um, Abby died. 
that's the last what all right so the last image we see is a an alone crying jen but the last image before that is a blue and purple abby morgan in a body bag getting zipped up and put in an ambulance and they went all in on that makeup oh yeah for sure it's almost like she had been in there for like days almost but it couldn't have been more than half hour yeah at the most so what do you think is going to happen in episode 19 abby morgan rest in peace well i'm pretty sure that it's obvious that there's going to be a funeral for abby there's going to be something happening at the school with abby and uh surprisingly or unsurprisingly enough it's going to affect andy and jen the hardest oh yeah you you already made yourself clear that uh this is gonna fuck them up and you're on the right path i'd say um anything else to say about that one oh the opening scene in the bedroom sure oh yeah what about in episode 20 reunited well that's obviously gonna be dawson and joey (laughs) the best friends getting reunited and it feels so good so it's unlikely you're gonna get three as you predicted no yeah that's probably not gonna happen well you know what i'm happy with the get back together and the the reunited because i don't need them to break up again they could stay together for the rest of the series and then just get married at the end but i know that's probably not likely to happen because this is a teen drama called dawson's creek so what's going on with like pacey and andy in these two episodes you think i don't know oh that's fair. andy's going to be freaking out and pacey's gonna be trying to fucking reel her back in well what do you think happens in the final episode of our last three pack of the season episode 21 changes changes that's almost how it goes almost can't do it right it's because we can't afford to pay for the rights you, so that's perfect you know, that's right so you're saying that this is the last uh the next the next three pack is the last three pack of the season and then we just get what like uh uh, one off for the season finale the next the season finale of season two will be the final time as far as i've got it planned we'll get a one episode finale and to be fair this is a great season to end with a one episode finale so yes this is the final three pack all right so i don't know man something big could be fucking happening think about the the the, the elements that are in play here that's Specifically what i'm saying with- like with like i there might be some like what's harry potter doing for three episodes well that's what i'm saying there's gonna be some big changes like he's gonna be inserted i think a lot into this end of season uh run here because he will be uh a bigger part at the ice house they're gonna be instituting a lot of the change a lot of new things at the ice house now that they're gonna be almost out of debt with that wedding catering job fucking I feel like the big prediction for me is uh, Andy's going to end up having to go away for a little while. Oh, we're talking uh, a mental breakdown sort of situation? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, Now, let me ask you a question about something we brought up earlier uh, about giving people some ch-ch-ch chances um, and reform. Do you think Mike Potter is reformed? From what you've seen, obviously, we've got very little to work with here. From what I've seen, I would say yes. Um, but I feel like 
the natural tendency is to not trust him. From what I feel, the guy that they cast to play him, and I thought this before, but it felt even more obvious here, is a fucking shit actor. And I don't like him. So whether or not I like the character, I hate this guy playing him. The, where he delivers a very Dawson's Creek line about something like, Oh, I failed in my parental duties. When everyone else on the show talks in that totally weird way that's unnatural, they make it feel natural. But not this guy. He can't handle the Dawson's Creek way. And I don't I don't like this actor. I'm sorry, whoever you are, actor. I, 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 I'm sorry. I don't like him in the aspect of he looks untrustworthy. Do you think that's intentional in the casting? I don't know. He's got a bit of a rat face. I'm not going to lie. I feel like he should be only so lucky to have gotten to beautiful daughters when he looks the way he looks and two daughters that don't fuck around like regardless of how successful the ice house is bessie busts her ass to keep that place open and at least keep a roof over their head yeah joey is clearly super smart and productive and, and juggling working and at the ice house full like, time and high school and so this motherfucker you're right he is lucky but the question that he's got to ask himself and that we may see play out here is, does he realize how lucky he is? Slash, does he care how lucky he is? Don't know. Time will only We're tell on something out. like that. I'm going to tell you my gut is I don't trust him. But I don't know him. And Listen, I only you, know what I can see fu- and what I've heard about him. So I would say since I can look at it from the outside in and I don't have to actually interact with him, don't trust him. If you're following the words of the Apostle Stone Cold Steve Austin, you'll know that you should not trust anybody. So I think your instinct here is correct. But the question is, do they give us a redemption story here? Do they show us? Because so far they've shown people on their way to being better and slipping and stumbling and making minor improvements, but still moving slightly forward. I would say with this character... They have to do one or the other. It can't be subtle. It has to be... He's either trying to start running drugs again, or he's going to be straight and narrow. Well, we're going to find out all about that, or some of it at least, over the next few episodes. Um, You can catch that episode, this episode, every other episode at 50randequates.com iTunes, Apple Podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts. Um, is there anywhere else? Do you have a like a, a nine hundred number anyone can call? Yeah, um, one nine hundred. Abby died. Uh, what? Yep. So go ahead and call that number. See what you find out. It will cost you seven ninety nine every thirty seconds. It will go. It will go directly to me. It'll be going to. Uh, JTV Money in his pockets. Because it's in his name. Money. Well, until the next time we're out here paddling our boats. We be creaking!